Hey, good morning. It is seven minutes after nine o'clock on a Think Tank Thursday. The Show Me Institute is going to be on board with us. Uh, we'll have the uh, incredibly talented Brenda Talent talking about legislative priorities for 2023. Uh, we should have uh, Jim Babka. He wants to talk a little football, among other things. Uh, and then, of course, we kick the program off with Kevin Jackson. The Kevin Jackson Network uh, is his uh, website. And I'm sure he has a few things to say about choosing the Speaker of the House. Kevin, welcome. How are you this morning? Well, I'm healed over the holidays. I had a flu bug and um, finally able to talk without coughing, hacking up a lung. Uh, you know, the, the Speaker, Kevin McCarthy's a rhino, accepted Soros money. And, you know, but he's par for the course. He's what he's as good as it gets for the rhino Republican establishment. And good guys like Jim Jordan and Andy Biggs and others, they don't really stand a chance because the establishment is still there and, and part of the Uniparty. Uh, I was listening to, I think it was Aaron uh, to Bobert who was saying that um, what he won't allow to come to the floor. And it was like, it was ridiculous. Not to mention, let's not forget, McCarthy was one of the J6 people that stood up and said, you know, Trump was guilty of all this insurrection. And what are we learning about J6? It was a Democrat operation run with the help of the FBI. Guys like Ray Epps weren't prosecuted, even though he was asking people all. He's on videotape all over the place asking for people to help. You can see the FBI agents. They stick out like a kangaroo in a dinner jacket. And, you know, you, you know they're there. But we went through all this farce. And, and and guess what? The McCarthy's of the world were standing there in arm in arm with the Democrats. So, so wait, wait, just so I understand, you're suggesting that these twenty and now I think twenty one, because as of the last vote, somebody decided to say present instead of uh, voting for McCarthy. What you're trying to tell me is they're standing on principle, and that uh, they've got a point. <laughs> Because <laughs> if that's what you're telling me, Brian's going to call Ripley up uh, and let him know that you and I agree on this. <laughs> you know, at some point in politics, we've got a, I think as a country, we've got to understand we've got a, a bunch of criminals that we've elected. And you look at Liz Cheney and the wealth that she gained over the last few years and, and supposedly representing Republicans. Uh, Pelosi and the wealth that she's gained and just go down the list. They, they're exposing Trump's taxes as they commit crimes right in front of our faces. So you watch what they do and you just it, it leaves you shaking your head to ask yourself, do we really still have a republic here? And whether we're talking about midterm elections or the cover up that J6 was meant to be for the, the theft of the 2020 elections, what's happening now to strategize for them to win the 2024 elections and everything in between? And oh, by the way, I, I hate to say this, but the tragedy that befell Damar Hamblin is shedding light on the lunacy of the vaccines. And I tell people it was amazing that it happened on January the 1st because it was almost like God saying, I'm going to show you what this year is going to be for the Democrats. Because here's issue number one, where they stole from you, lied to you, et cetera. And wait until we get into the Hunter Biden and the big guy and what, what Joe Biden has been giving the Ukraine 
uh, that probably is payola for what his son has done and how we've been dealing with China as payola for what his son has done, how we've been dealing with Russia as payola for what his son has done. And I could go down the list. So, yes, we agree because somebody at some point has to stand on principle in this country and say, I don't care what happens to me, like what I did with Fox News, I don't care what you say. I will speak the truth. Be damned the consequences. Well, I like the fact that these guys are standing on principle. I agree with them. Uh, we've compromised to the left over and over and over again. Uh, and I would like to see, uh, I would like to see that change. Republicans could lure me back if they would actually stand on principle. Would it be very novel if if we actually did start representing that's quote the greater good? If we did have a big pharma that truly was producing safe and effective medicines, and I could go again go down a list, a litany of things that we would expect our representatives would be looking for to help us out. Joe Biden's in frickin' St. Croix while people are losing companies, start freezing to death, starving to death, can't pay for their energy, can't get medical treatment, can't get medical costs through the roof. And I could go down a list of things that this man should be working on. We've got a border. We don't have a border problem. We have an invasion that's occurring that's impacting every element of society from health care to education. And these people are condoning it. And we watch them do it as conservatives and ask ourselves, well, what can we do? You know, I tell you what, let me, let me give you some things we can do. How about we coalesce around something legit and stick with it? Now, I don't care whether that's Donald Trump or DeSantis or whatever, but whoever you pick, how about you become ride or die and you stick with them no matter what? This is what has me cracking up, Gary, about this, this guy that, that, that lied his way into, into defeating this Democrat in New York. <laughs> and, and, and now people want him to resign. I think he's a hero. <laughs> I think he's demonstrated leadership quality. In fact... <laughs> I uh, and I, I put this out on uh, on LinkedIn uh, that uh, he's just shown a willingness to ju jump in early with the prevaricating. <laughs> he, he, he's a, he lied about every part of his life <laughs> and got elected, beat a Democrat, and now they're upset. And I say, you know what? I, I don't condone what he did as a conservative, but I do condone what he did as a person who's sick of watching the other side do exactly what he did and get rewarded for it. So, you know, I think that in some cases we have to show them the lunacy of their ways in ways that hurt them so they can wake up to it. Now, is he going to, are they going to change over this? Absolutely not. They're going to still do the stuff that they do. They're going to lie. They're going to cheat. They're going to pass misinformation. Do you, <coughs> do you know in, in California they passed a bill, a Senate bill, to prevent misinformation about COVID vaccines? That's not exactly right. People, that's, that's, that's not exactly right. Uh, if the doctor is uh, offering an opinion counter to the popular opinion, he can lose his license. Right. Right. Counter to the popular opinion, which happens to be established by the, the narrative established by the Politburo of <laughs> California, who determines what that opinion needs to be. Look, when I lived in China, I actually thought that it was draconian over there. Uh, 200 million cameras 
in China. One camera for every seven people. They watch every move you make. That social uh, system of you know that's going to reward you if you do the right thing is getting implemented. And I, I used when I lived there, I used to think these people. I don't know how they put up with this. And you know what? It's worse here. It's worse here because they at least try to give us the illusion of freedom, and the illusion that we are free to be as long as we're being good, you know, quality citizens, not not you know committing crimes and things like this. Our leaders commit crimes in our faces. Joe Biden is the big guy. For those of you who don't know, Hunter Biden is a criminal, not a renaissance man. And they are compromised. And you can see it in all of their policies. You can watch these people enriching themselves while we started that. While the stock market, even at this moment, Gary, has taken a plunge, it lost 20. I, I don't know which, depending on which market index, they lost anywhere from 20% to 33% of its value last year. While members of Congress made millions of dollars. Crimes right in front of our faces, and we just go, oh, duty, duty, duty. What's next? What? Wait till the next election cheat, so we can all brag about the red wave that really didn't happen, except in Florida where they implemented laws to prevent the cheating. So we know what's out there. We know what's coming, and yet I feel frustrated because I feel like we're not supporting the things that are and suborning the things that are going to stop it. By the way, on the vaccines. Apparently, uh, between 1966 and 2004, according to Dr. Simon Gold, one, uh, ele- uh, 1,101 athletes died yeah. under the age of 35 due to various heart conditions. Yeah, 69% of the people who but from, had some but, form. But wait, wait, wait. From January 2021 until present, 1,101 athletes died from cardiac arrest. In other words, in the last two years... We've lost as many young athletes as the prior 38 years. Right. Something's going on. I'll tell you something else. We've lost more of them to this vaccine than we have the gun violence. You heard anything about that? You heard anybody saying, hey, this vaccine's killing people. Let's stop it. You know, let's, uh, we got to get to the bottom of it. Let's sue the manufacturers. But let, let it be a gun. And they want to sue the bullet makers, the manufacturers, anybody that ever mentioned gun if it is going to get sued for it. But let it be this, and, and it's okay. The number that you're not saying, though, is the 1,600-plus people who had some form of a heart attack, of which 1,100 and change died. 69% of them died. But 1,600 of them actually had a heart attack because they got the vaccine. And the numbers are exponential in comparison to those to what was happening prior to the vaccine. And and what's funny is the 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 people that's the the vax crowd are act as if they there's no causal you know there's no causation here. They they pretend that well what are you trying to say Kevin it's the vaccine? Yeah, I'm not trying to say it. I am saying it. That's what it is. And what's funny, I, I, we saw a thing here just the other day. You want to know what they they said that Damar Hamlin's uh passing out and having that heart attack on the field brought up the need for defibrillators. That was the lead story in my region right here in Arizona. The need for defibrillators. Thank God they had a defibrillator. Nobody's talking about is he vaxxed or unvaxxed, which, of course, you know he was vaxxed. Because they're not saying that he wasn't. Yeah, well, I'm not an expert on it. Uh, I'm not 100% convinced. I think there is something there, though. There's something about this 
the number of young people. That's why I keep saying, and while I'm not a doctor, and you shouldn't just take my word for it, if you're under 60, uh, maybe even under 70, I would not get that shot. Let me ask oh, you a question, okay, so Kevin. You, what you're doing me, is you're, you're really you're, you're being a little bit flippy-floppy here. No, I'm not being flippy-floppy at all. Look, I think if no you're question. older, it might be a wise idea. If fine. you're younger, if it's you're, a terrible if you want idea. It, look, here, I don't care if you're old or young. If you choose to take it, fine. But the people who were forced to take it because of their jobs dependent upon it, the military people, the NFL folks who did, they ostracized Aaron Rodgers and a couple of other guys who said they wouldn't take it. Then they said, let's put out a list of these guys so these other players know who to ostracize. Have you seen the mashup of all the people calling us super spreaders and telling us that we were all going to die this winter and that we were flooding the hospitals because we weren't going to take the shot? They intentionally did this nonsense, and I'm not going to equivocate. Uh, I didn't equivocate, and I didn't suggest that anything you've said is wrong. All I said is, if you're under 60, maybe even 70, you probably ought to stay away from this damn thing. Well, you uh, and if you're older than that and you want to take it, I understand. You just gave statistics of athletes under the age of 35 in the best shape of their lives, kept yep. getting cardiac arrest, 69% of whom over 1,000 have died in yeah, a single I, year. Nobody's denied. I'm supporting okay, that so argument. So there's no equivocation Kevin, here. It Kevin, not I'm not equivocating, test. and I'm supporting that argument, but I am okay, going to well, take a commercial break because, because Brian is making me do it whether I want to or not because the computer is good. All I'm saying is uh, hold on to whatever you're saying and I hope you're not drinking Coca-Cola. For God's sakes, I hope you don't drink Coca-Cola. Gary Nolan Show, Zimmer Radio Network. It's 924. Kevin Jackson is with us. The Kevin Jackson Network and and as we were going to break, uh, I had a fear, a deep and abiding suspicion that Kevin might on occasion drink Coca-Cola. Am I? Am I right? No, I don't drink Coke. You don't? So, you, okay, well, then you're not a racist. Oh, good to know. Well, yeah, well, you never know. It, it, it's entirely I do exercise, possible. though. You, you do, <laughs> and you do, and you, and you have uh, been known to master uh, mathematics. Uh, oh, which yeah, is, yeah, and yeah. I show up on time, and I'm cordial. So, yeah, I do have racist tendencies. <laughs> Clearly, hey, hey, you got some white blood in you somewhere, buddy, and it's coming out. Coca-Cola is accused of paying the NAACP to call soda taxes racist. Uh, <laughs> Too fun. You know what, though? What's cool about that is Coca-Cola gets it. They understand that when you you pay the squeaking wheel, if you pay Jesse Jackson or Al Sharpton or D. Ray McKesson or these silly Negroes, I like to call the NAACP, or the Congressional Black Circus Clowns, they'll say whatever you want them to say. They'll, they'll come down and tell you what Sharpton did years ago. They'll come to Arizona and tell you immigration is good for black folks. Yeah, this illegal immigration is good. This influx of people that are stealing jobs, that are eating up precious resources that should be going to people that really need it, which, by the way, disproportionately are black folks, is it's good. So, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Coca-Cola gets it. That's how you sell is, is getting those guys to do it. And the sad news is the Republicans could easily take advantage of this with things that do actually help black folks or Latinos or women. Or anybody else, but they don't know how to do it. Well, Callie Means wrote, uh, early in my career, I consulted for Coke to ensure sugar taxes failed and soda was included in food stamp funding. I say Coke's policies are evil because I saw inside the room. Look, here's what I say to, to things like this. A sugar tax, to me, is ridiculous. 
Coke is already taxed. So now somebody's saying, well, sugar is bad for you. It may be. I'm sure sugar is bad for you when you overindulge, but nobody's telling you to overindulge in Coke. So they're making a product that people either want or don't want. They have competitors that are doing the same thing. Some people may put less sugar in their products. Some of them have sugar-free. The market will make that determination. But no, government wants to step in. And do you think government's doing it for our health? Because let, don't get me talking about COVID. Because if you think that they care about sugar for your health, you're mistaken. They care about sugar because it's a way to get funding, to get money. That's it. So, you know, we're debating this as if it's a legitimate issue between is, is sugar good or bad? Is coffee good or bad? Uh, I don't know, but I will tell you, if you overindulge in it, it's probably not good. Is food good or bad? If you overindulge in it, it's probably not good for you. We can make this argument all the time. So how about we just let the, the argument settle itself? If you want to eat vegan, if you want to eat healthy, eat healthy. If you want to eat junk food, eat junk food. But the government to tell you, I'm going to tax junk food, but vegan food's okay. I'm going to tax this guy that's got too much sugar, but I'm not going to tax the guy that doesn't give any sugar. I'm going to tax the guy that gives you wine, but I'm not going to tax the guy that gives you this. I mean, that's, it's, it's so patently ridiculous. I, just, I find it funny, to be honest. It's like twice in one show. This is... This is <laughs> what, little... you agree with me, Gary? I want to know, is this really Kevin Jackson? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, I, I've called the wrong show. <laughs> <laughs> James sent me a message. He said... There's another substance that weakens the heart muscle leading to early death, and it's cocaine. I'll bet that's the cause of those 1,100 athletic deaths. Uh, you know, the problem with that, James, is that cocaine in the 1980s was like the drug of choice. Everybody was doing cocaine. Uh, not so much anymore. So well, those if, COVID deaths his... that we're experiencing are probably not from cocaine. Well, using his argument, the only big cocaine death came from Lynn Bias. You remember he got recruited by the Boston Celtics, Yeah, went out, had a big party the night before, and he died. But he didn't die on the court. He died from cocaine overdose. Uh, I remember I was Mark Tuanay. I was out with Mark Tuanay, the, uh, the Cowboys, the championship Cowboys. I think he was a guard or tackle for him. And Mark died. I remember guys carrying up to his house. He died at his home. He, had a, he was out snorting coke. I watched him do it the night before. He didn't die playing. And that's not to say that you don't die from cocaine playing. It's not, the, it's not an equivalency in what we're talking about here. By the way, cocaine is you, can, you make the choice. The NFL didn't say everybody's got to use cocaine. That's a personal choice. The, the NBA didn't say everybody's got to use cocaine. But they did mandate the vaccine. And many of these other people that have died, that we've heard the stories, they were mandated. Many of the military people who are sick now mandated to take the shot. Or they were forced out of the military. So it's a whole different thing. And you can't equate a, a recreational drug that you can determine if you want to use it or not to what's happening right now. And the numbers don't lie. The, you, you look at the, the numbers you gave earlier about these athletes dying. They don't lie. Okay. I think we've wrapped up a half an hour agreeing uh, several times in the program i want the other kevin jackson <laughs> this back one for the books gary nolan oh no you you had some very libertarian thoughts today today i'm impressed 
Kevin, uh, you want to give a little plug for your uh, your website? Yeah, Wimkin.com, W-I-M-K-I-N.com. Eight million people over there, hundreds of thousands interacting every day, like-minded people. But you know what? If we disagree on stuff, good. That's what we should be doing. Wimkin.com. Check it out. All right, Kevin Jackson. Jim Babka coming up. We are going to talk a little football on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. It's 9.35. Glad to have you with us. It is Think Tank Thursday. We are going to have the Show Me Institute with us about uh, 10.05, about uh, half an hour from now. Uh, what should the agenda be in the Missouri uh, legislature? We'll find out what she thinks. In the meantime, we kick this program off with uh, this section of the program anyway with Jim Babka, Grace Arkey on YouTube, or you could just look up Jim Babka on YouTube. Uh, he sounds much taller than he really is, uh, but he uh, he's really got that some was important... kind of a cheap shot. Oh well, no, it's not. He's <laughs> he sounds like he's taller than he is. Uh, anyway, uh, he, he took a, a different twist. Uh, at Grace Arkey, um, he wrote, 24-year-old Buffalo Bills safety made a routine tackle in a nationally televised game. Got up, stood, and then unnaturally fell back. Everything changed for those of us watching. The story matters because it instantly became the top story. And whether you watch sports or not, there's an important aspect of culture for us to discuss. I'm kind of surprised you went after this this topic what is your take on this? Well, the show is called Grace Arky. And, you know, Arky is usually, we're thinking in terms like anarchy or monarchy. It's how do we govern ourselves. And so we're essentially arguing for government by grace. And grace is, uh, it's the favor we extend to those around us who maybe uh, are not having their best moment, right? Something's wrong. And we're kind of, instead of, like, rushing to judgment, wanting them penalized, uh, you know, trying to find what rule or incentive we need to create to modify their behavior, uh, put them back in their place, is trying to understand what they're coming from, what's driving them at that moment. Um, and uh, I believe this is essential if we want, we, this type of thinking is absolutely essential if we want to get, uh, get rid of the, the behemoth government we have. What happens right now is that we look for someone to blame for everything. <laughs> And then we want to penalize people. And this is politicians show up and say, hey, we'll be happy to penalize somebody. Who do you want penalized? And that's essentially how we grow government consistently, pretty consistently, actually. People won't let go because they don't want to give up this ability to judge others. Uh, we're arguing for grace. And I'm arguing it by the, for it, by the way, in the very specific sense that I happen to be a believer in Jesus Christ. And I believe that he uh, is the model for grace, that grace has been provided by God and it's talked about extensively in the New Testament. So I'm, I'm actually advocating for government by grace, a better understanding of one another so that we can actually resolve conflict without involving the state. But how does that tie into DeMar Hamlin? It tied into DeMar Hamlin because there were a lot of people whose game was to rush to judgment on this or that. Did the NFL cancel the game quickly enough? Who's responsible for saying that they were going to have five minutes before they were going to have to resume play? That's completely absurd. Let's fire the bastard. Uh, who... Uh, who did this and who did that? Did they treat him fast enough on the field? Did they use the right procedures? Uh, you know, hey, can I grind my political acts right now? Maybe this is all about the vaccine. Uh, it, there was a whole host of things that happened that were ungracious. And I have to say there were things that were gracious as well. And so the broadcast 
is largely a discussion of that. Uh, finishing off with a fantastic piece of advice from Thomas Sowell. We, uh, we covered that as well. Want to share that? Yeah, he said there are no solutions, only trade-offs. And uh, this is a life lesson that you can take into a variety of situations. I have been involved in a couple of situations this year where bad news had to be delivered uh, to somebody with whom I worked uh, in a project. And, uh, you know, in other words, they weren't going to have a job any longer. And uh, there's a, a, an attempt in, in a lot of situations that are, that are negative or have conflict or, you know, whatever, where somebody will think there's some kind of platonic ideal. There is some perfect utopian solution out there. And when you're trying to make progress, trying to work through the difficulties of the situation, you'll have a hard time getting through it because someone keeps wanting to go backwards into like, yeah, but I'm losing this thing or this other thing isn't going to happen. And it's not healthy. It's not functional. And it's hard to get along with people. In fact, some people walk away from situations with resentments because they presume that some ideal was possible. This happened uh, when someone says that the NFL could have canceled the game faster. I would like to know how they knew that. Uh, when someone says that, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, the, so many, uh, the five minute rule was, you know, somebody should be fired for it or whatever the statement that Joe Buck made on air, I would like to know how they know that. Uh, I would like to know how doctors uh, know. I mean, I think there's a likelihood as to what happened here, but how does anybody know for sure what did or didn't happen? And why would you shut down any investigation? Uh, of, 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 of all alternatives like this. So it's to me, it's, it's this kind of advice uh, will go a long way in a variety of personal situations. And I think they also it also applies to our social uh, fabric. Uh, there are no solutions. There are only trade offs. Interesting. Um, you've been watching the uh, by the way, if you want to go uh, to YouTube, uh, look up Jim Babka, B-A-B-K-A, or just Grace Arkey and watch those videos because they're in, they're fast moving. They're they're informative. They're really uh, I, I like them personally. Yeah, the last one, I, by the way, that you're referencing was only 21 minutes long. So it's a real good way to slip their toe in the water and find out how, you know, the type of communication Bill Protzman and I engage in on the show. Yeah, it is great. It really is. Uh, but I want to switch gears here a little bit because the topic du jour uh, is, in fact, uh, the uh, the choosing of the Speaker of the House. Uh, I had a, a guest on yesterday who follows Capitol Hill pretty closely. He uh, uh, writes for a diurnal that I am really uh, impressed with. And he said, if McCarthy doesn't get it on the first vote then he's in trouble. By the last vote yesterday, um, the in favor of somebody else uh, was still at 20, but a, a present from a Republican, voting present, uh, showed up, uh, meaning it's uh, now 21 people that didn't vote for McCarthy. So it's, it's, getting, it's getting worse. Um, what do you think of that whole process? I think it's fantastic. Uh, God bless the founders for saying that this position was going to require a majority of the quorum, of the body, excuse me. Uh, that's fantastic because uh, this is what they put us through. They only let us have two choices, and they only have two choices. You want a Republican or a Democrat? Well, uh, obviously, they don't cross lines, uh, at least not yet. And uh, 
so, you know, this is a decision for the Republicans to make. And the Freedom Caucus, this is a long-standing problem. This is not brand new. The, the Freedom Caucus has for years been trying to say that there are rules. This goes back to the Boehner era. Okay, so we're going back 14 years, and they're saying, hey, look, we have had rules put in place, and they've gotten progressively worse through the Boehner era, the Ryan era, the Pelosi era, kept a lot of these rules in place. They've actually loosened some, but now that the Republicans are going to come back in power, they're going to put the old Ryan rules in place. So it went from, you know, just just let me throw out one and, and see if the audience thinks this is a good idea. Uh, no amendments from the floor. We're going to limit amendments from the floor. Like, how is that constitutional? Your congressperson's elected, and they have to get something through at some stage in some committee where it may or may not even be considered because the chair won't let it. And you can't get your proposal onto the floor. You can't introduce a bill. How how is that possible? Um, But nevertheless, that's what goes on inside their body. And the, the courts aren't going to interfere with that. There's no, there's no recourse for these backbencher uh, representatives. Um, they have wanted an up and down or an up and up or down vote on a balanced budget. They're like, hey, we may not be able to pass it, but everybody should be on record as to whether or not they're going to vote for the thing. They won't allow that to come to the floor. And increasingly, they've tightened the rules, tightened the rules, tightened the rules to the point where now there are certain things they're not allowed to speak on. Wow. This is real stuff. And so the, the, this speaker is in the trouble, that he, potential speaker, is in the trouble that he's in because last year, over the summer, he literally lied. He mocked the people that were there, saying that all they cared about was some self-serving interests. They were trying to make themselves more important than what they really were. Well, I don't know if you remember, but on election night, very infamously, he was supposed to have a party. It was, the party was empty. The podium was empty. Because they didn't even know if they were going to win a majority, which was shocking, appalling to have the result that they had in a midterm election. He squeaked out with four people with a four-person majority. He's got a four-person majority. You take four people away, he's not the power anymore. So they only needed five to stop them, which, by the way, happened to do with the rules of the House as well. This number five was significant. And uh, so this is actually uh, – this is actually – how the, the, the system is supposed to work. They're holding him accountable because he has a bare majority because he did such a bad job le- as a leader uh, when he was in the minority. And uh, they're holding him accountable, and they should. They frankly should. I was um, watching Fox News and host after host <laughs> after host. <laughs> the machine was in action, was yes, it? Yes, you, you watched watch, this. Can't, I don't watch Fox News, but I was on YouTube and they already post. They posted ten minutes or fifteen minutes after it happened. They posted the Hannity thing because they were proud of his exchange with Lauren Boebert, who, by the way, was denied funding in her reelection race. Like this is part of the games they played. They were hoping she would lose. Right? They were hoping they were going to have such a large majority they wouldn't even need Lauren. <laughs> and she's never McCarthy, and she's being, I mean, Hannity was vicious. He called her a progressive, said she wasn't honest. He said a whole host of things. By the way, she never bent, and she refused to say anything bad about Sean. She kept saying, I love you, Sean. I have been defending those guys and gals uh, right from the get go. They're doing something you rarely see in Washington, they're standing on principle. Yes. And yes, 100%. 100%. And, I don't, and, and it's not easy. You 
No, no. And, and, and you're seeing Fox News is part of the machine. You're seeing the entire machine come against them. And because media agenda setting is at work, this is a theory that basically says we discuss the things that the media tells us to discuss. That tends to be the things that go on. And uh, you, you, there's a lot of people that be like, oh, they just ought to vote already. Or, you know, they should uh, pick a speaker. They're embarrassing us. The rhetoric is that they're embarrassing us. No, no, they're not embarrassing anybody. Uh, McCarthy should be embarrassed that he's allowing the caucus to go to a, through six votes without him making any progress. Uh, he's holding up the caucus. I mean, that's just as easy to say as to say, well, they should just give in because they don't have the votes. No, no, they shouldn't. They should hold out until these problems are corrected. Now, if their problems are seriously addressed, you know, I will start to think that they're clowns who just are self-serving if they don't want to get those things taken, if, if, if they don't agree to the terms that they've laid down. Yeah, well, caving is the big problem. Hang on, because we're up against the clock. Jim Babka, Grace Arkey on YouTube. On the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It is 9.52, and coming up at uh, 10.05, we're going to have the incredibly talented Brenda Talent on the program, the Show Me Institute legislative agenda for uh, this this year uh, will be the topic of the discussion. Uh, They're going to have a a vote um, on the floor of the House again today for Speaker. Uh, Jim Babka and I have been chatting about this, among other things, uh, just uh, take a quick stab at it. Do you think it gets solved today, or do you think it goes on? Uh, oh, uh, we can only hope and pray it goes on. Um, <laughs> you know, they're not getting anything else done while they're doing this. Nothing. Nothing. And most of what, you know, since 90% of what they do is bad or worse, um, this is actually on net good. They can do this for three months for all I care. Gridlock R- is good. Republicans are arguing we could be defunding the IRS agents. But they really would have a no, problem, they would they not? They absolutely, they absolutely, come on. Come on. Do you believe a McCarthy-led majority is going to do that? I mean, honest. I mean, it, you know, Yes, I actually Obamacare? do. No, 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 no let me tell you why I think no, I, no. I'm going to bet you no. I'm going to bet you no. If he's speaker, this won't happen. Oh, no. He'll, he'll write. They'll get it passed. But don't forget, there's another body that has to vote. Okay, all right. So there's your there's your out. There's your out. Honestly, it won't come into law, and 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 even if they had a Republican president, it won't. And you ask me, Jim, Jim, how can you possibly know that? These are Republicans. They're clearly the virtue side, right? No, they they passed sixty some resolutions condemning and repealing Obamacare, but when they controlled both ends of Pennsylvania Avenue, lock, stock, and barrel. Oh, oh, they got a case of the vapors all of a sudden. We can't rush into this. The bill was, the bill had been law for six years already. We can't rush into this. They had no plan. They didn't know what to do. Their own president got in the way of getting it done. They couldn't get it done. The Senate couldn't get the votes, and the president wasn't going to back it. And that was when we had Republicans cross the board. And we still have Obamacare to this day. Yep. I read an interesting statistic uh, about the number of people that are on uh, Medicaid. Uh, and Br- Brian, what was it, 100 million? I believe that sounds right, yes. 100 million I- on Medicaid, and then you have uh, all the Medicare for senior citizens. Uh, that doesn't leave a lot of marketplace for uh, regular health insurance companies. Yeah, the, the, the problem is, so then, then these, people, these jokers will come along and say the problem with health care is the free market profiteering. When the, basically the entire system is controlled by third-party uh, payers, and the largest third-party payer covering nearly, you know, uh, you know, what half the country, half the more than half the adults, 
is is uh, more than well over half the children is is the government. I, I just it's absurd. And they buy into it. These there, I really do believe there are leftists out there who believe these arguments. They, oh, of course there are. But it's not just leftists. I mean, like, a lot of people don't understand. Like, they can't imagine life without an insurance company paying their medical bills. They look at the bills, and they go, oh, my gosh, if I didn't have my insurance, I would be, I would drown. Yeah. And, and it's, it's <laughs> you know, somehow the people manage to pay their vet bills, Right. Right, And a lot of the procedures that veterinarians do are the same that are done in the hospital, and they are a lot less expensive. Yeah, why is it that an MRI for a pet is so much less expensive than it is for a, a human? There's a list of reasons, and it's quite long, and almost all of them have to do with some politician lifting some burden off of our shoulders along the way. Hey, they're just trying to help. They are just trying to help, good and hard. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, if we weren't on the air, I'd follow that up, but I, I'll, I'll, I think I'll just... I'll Thank just, you for your restraint. Yes, I'll just your, pass. Your employer applauds you. I'll call you after the show. <laughs> <laughs> but it's dirty, dirty, dirty. All right. So uh, an observation that you've made in the past that sort of applies to this is anytime the government comes in to make something less costly for you, it's more expensive. Yeah, they've done it with housing, education, health care. Those are the big three. Well, they have to. Why, Brian? Well, because you're, you're too, too stupid, stupid to make those choices on your own. And that really does, it really is what it boils down to. Amazing. Jim Babka, Grace Arkey on YouTube. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, Gary. All right, buddy. Take care. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. So uh, we are going to uh, have a conversation here in a few minutes with Brenda Talent. Uh, that it's the new year, it's a new session, what should they be covering? Uh, she'll talk about the legislative priorities for 2023. There are a couple of things on my wish list. One of them is to get rid of the personal property tax, and the other one is to get rid of the income tax. I think if they accomplish those two things, Missouri will be a great place to live. You know, you go to a consumption tax, uh, get rid of that stupid personal property tax, and you're well on the way to making it the destination for new business. And that's good. That's great. That's what you want. But, you know, it, it, taxing productivity, putting a tax on something you've already paid for, I mean, that's just stupid. I, I really do. I sometimes wonder... Who the hell came up with that and who decided, well, that makes sense, will tax you for something you've already paid for? Somewhere along the line, somebody heard that and thought that's a good idea. <laughs> uh, and, and I'm grateful. It could be worse. could be your refrigerator. It could be uh, your living room furniture. Why not? I mean, if you could do it to your car. Unbelievable. Anyway, uh, so we'll chat with uh, Brenda Talent about that. Don't forget the vote for the speaker is uh, going to be in the final hour of the program. We'll try to carry that as well. You're listening to The Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. This is The Gary Nolan Show 